Stick around to the end of today's episode to hear the trailer of Between the Lines, The Athletic's newest narrative podcast documenting the intersection of race and football. Coming to The Athletic Football Show feed on February 14th. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, Emergency Edition. Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC in 2024. A deal has been struck. If you're listening in podcast form, after this, you're going to hear a lot of discussion about potential movement in the Pac-12 and all that. But on Thursday night, we got the news that Oklahoma and Texas have made a deal with the Big 12. They will leave $100 million total worth of distributions in the league that will be distributed to other members of the Big 12, and they will happily go on to the SEC in 2024. Max Olson and Ari Wasserman, what do you think of this deal? I thought we would be doing an emergency pod about Quinn Ewers cutting his mullet. Oh, I, I think you're That's right. what I, I thought you were asking for. Is that tonight. the beginning you, of the end for him there? Uh, and I don't know why that was the sticking point in getting this deal across the finish line, but it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting turn of events. And I never saw be it playing coming. in the SEC. You're going to show some respect and cut your hair. Is Quinn Ewers going to be playing the SEC? Though? Is he? Oh no, I don't know. Isn't he going to be the first the 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 first pick of the draft over Caleb Williams and Drake May in 2024? I mean, he might be. <laughs> My voice raised a little bit. Maybe he might be. Maybe. I don't know, dude. Um, I, I'm not surprised they got a deal done. Um, no. I'm not surprised that the development on Friday um, was not... Uh, not the end of not things. What, not what maybe some people interpreted it to be as this thing falling yeah. apart. Um, yeah, mo- most people, if you noticed on Friday, did not say this is the end. Because yeah. it was not the end. This was not the end. Yeah. Um, I think the Big 12, I think Brett Yarmark and the Big 12 were highly motivated to get a deal done. Yep. Um, I think Texas and Oklahoma, ultimately, if you look at the price tag on this, should be pretty happy with where this ended yeah, up. Absolutely. And uh, everyone gets to, uh, you know, consummate this divorce. You don't usually, do you consummate it? You yeah, you shouldn't consummate well, I mean, you could. I mean, I some mean, people consummate divorces. I don't, it depends on why they got divorced. <laughs> but just, with, just, just with different people. Yeah. We, yeah. Get one, we get one final season together to consummate this divorce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is, this is like, well, we haven't sold the house yet, so we may as well still live together. So the, uh, you this, know what? This, Can I say something? Not, no, Oklahoma at BYU, by the way, is Oklahoma's final Big 12 game. <laughs> How about that? Unless they're in the championship game, of course. So, like, my thing with this is there are two discussions, really, to have, which is, like, the financial discussion about, like, Texas and Oklahoma and what they're going to have to pay. Was it a combined $100 million? They didn't have to Good. pay anything. They'll leave $100 million that they just won't get. They are $100 million lighter. As Correct. a result of this. Yes. Uh, I just like I'm excited to finally get to the closest version of the final product that we can get to. Like as a consumer of the sport, there was something that was kind of annoying me about in the conference, even though they're one step out. Like the sooner we get to the final product of what the sport is going to be, the better. And like just the idea of Texas and Texas A&M playing a Thanksgiving game in two years yep. is just an exciting thing well, for me. Let, so let me throw let me let me mention this now because I, I I'm going to mention this until the SEC officially announces this, and I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. But 
I keep seeing other reporters put this out there that the SEC might stick with eight conference games and have one permanent rival and all the other seven opponents rotate. If that happens, everyone involved should be fired and probably hurled into the sun. If you have Texas and Texas A&M in your league and they don't play every year, you are stupid. So (laughs) the SEC will be playing nine conference games, three permanent rivals. The other six will rotate through. Every opponent will rotate to twice every four years. That is what's going to happen unless everyone is stupid. Sorry, just had to say that. There you go. Good PSA. It's just like, I think it's a good way to to kind of shield the possibility of us not getting exactly what we want out of this deal here. I mean, you have Texas and Texas A&M and you're like, well, wait, they only need to play a couple times every four years. Like, they don't need to play every year. No, no, no. They don't, That's stupid. They don't, they don't care about each other that much. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So... Let's yes, and and as as Matthew C points out, Georgia fans would would be very upset if you didn't have Georgia Auburn as an annual game, uh, if you didn't have Alabama Tennessee as an annual game. I believe that would be a problem, especially since the SEC schedule has been kind of hijacked to protect Alabama Tennessee over the years. So uh, this is, but you're right, Ari. This is, and, and you say Final Four. It is college football. It's going to change again. Things it's final form change. as we know it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I am glad all of these things are happening at once. That mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Texas will start in the SEC. That USC and UCLA will start in the Big Ten. That the playoff will expand that year. If you're going to do it all, especially in, in a sport like this, just rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And, and, especially, and do it at once. It's so important that we align all of these all of these plans for the future for 24 um, so that the video game is as accurate as possible. Yes. Exactly. Yes. The video game is back. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Get off the schneid, people. Let's go. I mean, this is this is going to be a, a weird. It, it'll be weird and exciting all at the same time to think about Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. And I realize we've known about this since 2021, but now it's real. There is going to be a schedule at some point where like Texas is going to be playing Auburn and Tennessee and South Carolina. And like that is, I still, when I see it, it's going to feel very strange. It's funny but, to me. This is one year of just the weird overlap oh, of, yeah. of the old, <laughs> the new big 12 and the old big 12 crossing paths, like ships through the night just for one year. And uh, it would be funny to me if like BYU won the conference this year. Oh, I know. Yes. What yeah. if it was like a BYU UCF Big Twelve Championship game? It'd but be that's, amazing. that's the fun of this, guys. Is like if you, if you think about this podcast in like twenty four. Like if it were just the playoff changing that year, you'd be like, "That's mm-hmm. all we're going to talk about. That's going to be the biggest oh, yeah. thing, right?" Yep. But we are going to be fascinated to see USC and UCLA line up against these Big Ten teams. That's yeah. going to deserve a ton of attention. We're going to be fascinated by um, Oklahoma and Texas and how they compete in this conference and. Reuniting Texas and Texas A&M, reuniting Oklahoma and A&M and some of these like old rivalries and like, you know, these big time TV matchups and stuff like it's God, it's just going to be there's just going to be so much to think talk about, about how we're going to have to preview that year, like on this podcast a year from now, like it, all the it, things that we're going to have to discuss and how different it all ex- is going to be at once. We're going to have to explain it now. Well, not as much to our our audience, because the people who listen to this show are really hardcore fans. 
But when when we write for the athletic, like we will have to explain in great detail all of this that is changing and how it works because not everyone follows it as closely as as our audience here on the podcast does. And it, it's going to be like, it's going to be jarring to a lot of people when they roll into the 2024 season. They're like, Wait, what? <laughs> and you start, especially like in the, on the pod, you're going to start talking about like more teams that you probably don't talk about as much during the regular season. And they're going to be like, what? Like, why aren't we talking about the top, top two or three or four teams? Because there's a lot of teams that are in the mix now. Yes, yes. And and the Pac-12 could look different. It, you'll, you'll hear yeah. later in the show, if you're listening in podcast form, us talking about George Klyavkov doing the site visit at SMU. SMU and San Diego State seem to be the favorites if they, are, if they were to add schools. So we still don't know if the Big 12 has taken its final form at 12 teams. That, that was in the announcement. They, they mentioned, you know, the Big 12 will be a 12 team league. But I don't, I think if you gave Brett Yormark truth serum, he's hoping it's bigger by then. The, the, um, the statement he made at his first Big 12 media days that the Big 12 is open for business, he has not rescinded that statement in any time yeah. since. That is, and that is, as we talked about later in the pod, um, that this is this is partially how how Brett Yormark saw this is I need to get get them out of here so I can start mm-hmm. working on these very ambitious things that I want to go achieve here as the commissioner of the Big Twelve. Yeah, and let's let's say you can talk somebody into coming your way. You don't want Texas and Oklahoma sitting there all grumpy, yeah, getting in the way and 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 having a, a very complicated 2024 season if that's the case, and. So this this allows them to move forward with whatever it is they're planning to do. And it might just be this 12-team league. But again, I think this 12-team league is going to be a very fun league because the four teams they're bringing in, the, the four football programs they're bringing in, all of them care deeply about football. Three of them are in recruiting hotbeds. They're going to get competitive quick. And I think the Big 12 will be fairly even top to bottom and the champion of the of that Big Twelve is gonna make the playoff. There's a good chance the second one might make the playoff too. Yeah, and it's like when you take Oklahoma and Texas out of it, um, and Ari, you can speak to this better than I can, but like you take out the two programs that can recruit at a top ten level, and nobody else has really historically been able to do that. Kind of fair fights every week. Probably the veteran teams are gonna make mm-hmm. it to the Big Twelve title game. And probably that best team like has a not going to say they have a chance to make the final four every year, but like they're going to have a chance to make a run. I would think teams um, that are built similarly to this year's TCU team. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and, and maybe can you get lucky and put two in, in some years? That's obviously will be the goal. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all materializes and who, like who becomes the, the new power. Cause there will be teams that, that do rise up and, and kind of establish some dominance but I think that one is going to be a little bit tougher to, to peg every single year because, like you said, Max, it's probably going to have a lot to do with are you old this year. Mm-hmm. And the SEC, meanwhile, if they go, if they go to that nine-game schedule, I think it makes it makes the home schedules in the SEC so much better. I think a lot of a lot of the East teams were so bored with the schedules because you weren't seeing the West teams come through except whoever your, your permanent opponent was. And now 
they're going to get a lot of new blood. And also in the West, like you're going to see Georgia more often and you're going to get rid of some dumb ge- geographical things like Missouri being in the East when Missouri is not in the Eastern United States. Yeah. You know, when I, when I think about the possibilities that the SEC has in terms of scheduling and new, new blood and all that stuff. And then I think about the playoff and then, what the new conferences could be, and then USC and UCLA and the Big Ten. It's like, what are the things that you guys are most excited about? Like, what's the thing that really revs your engine for those changes? That, I just like, think the the matchups in the SEC year in year out are going to be fun because it's gonna it's not going to be the same. You know, it, it, let's say Florida gets good, and Florida Alabama happens more often and is fun. Um, you know. Tennessee and Auburn are going to get to play a bunch. And I bet that could could turn into a fun set of games that you're going to see twice every four years. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. I, I wonder, when you talk about the schedule, Andy, do you think that they will, like if you go to nine, are you taking a game out of September or are you getting rid of the November game? I wouldn't get rid of the November game. I feel like the November game gives them a, a competitive advantage. But if you look, a lot of teams have gotten rid of the November game already. Okay. And so I don't know how much it matters. I mean, there's some Georgia schedules that were down the road that were just brutal that I, I do wonder if they dial back the the non-conference aspect of it because they were they were doing it for, I think, for an expanded playoff with the expectation of it. But I don't think they were doing it with the expectation that it was going to be expanded SEC schedule. Do Do you guys think it matters? Um, my My other curiosity with that is like, how much do you think it matters that um, dissolving the divisions of the SEC? I th- I think no. I mean, like it will happen, but like yeah. H- how do you think that will change like the parity within that conference? I don't know that it'll change much. You know, it, it the East now has. A dominant team which it didn't have for a while but if you if you look back at the history of divisions in the sec it's been lopsided one way or the other for most of the time they've had divisions hmm. and so like the east dominated like the florida tennessee game was the de facto sec championship game for a lot of those years early in the in the divisional you know era so then it, it changed and and Alabama became the dominant force and LSU and Auburn were the two other ones that were that were in the mix. But I was going to say in the foreseeable future, I think it's probably going to play out the same way it does now most of the time. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> I, I think the same programs are going to are going to rotate through the top, you yeah. know, but. This will this will be interesting to see, does it make it easier like for Ole Miss from Mississippi State for Arkansas? It's easy. It's going to be an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. in conference because you're not going to have to face the West every year. It's it's You're going to get some of those teams from the East that aren't Georgia. Now you may get Georgia sometimes too, but you're, you're going to get a little bit easier road. Uh, te- Texas A&M, they probably get a little bit easier path. I also like the rivalry aspect of it. Like, you know, Ubbin and I, David Ubbin and I did a, a show, I want to say about, Two years ago, it was right before it came out that the Texas and Oklahoma were, were going to go to the SEC. And, you know, David, who's from Arkansas, was was saying that Arkansas kind of felt lost because they didn't really have anybody they hated. 
Like the SEC, they you know they tried to create something with LSU, but they didn't have a rival they really hated. Like they hated Texas back in the Southwest Conference. You do that three permanent opponents thing. Well, Texas's three opponents are the easiest one to figure out. Texas's three permanent opponents will be Oklahoma, Texas A and M, and Arkansas. And like Texas, Arkansas every every year will be a blockbuster game. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster. And, you know, and sometimes borderline erotic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was that one time. I think I might commit college football blasphemy here. So Go you need it. to save me. And you lived okay. in Austin, Max. Mm-hmm. So you might need to save me for myself. I've lived in Texas now for over two years. And like I get the sense that Texas people and A&M people hate each other more than Texas hates Oklahoma people. Is that crazy to say? No, no. It's no, Texas respects but, Oklahoma. They they hate Texas a <laughs> I just like I think there's like this this under this seething resentment on both sides. Yes. Oh, and they despise. It's like you there's really a, there's way it. more glancing over the fence at the at the guy yeah. you hate. And, 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 I and do, now, as you've seen, Andy, at some of these meetings that we go to, like. Oklahoma and Texas are like kind of hand in hand now. You know, that's oh, just yeah. kind of There's the that's the role they're in now. You know, yeah. yeah. But the thing that it might be too is that there are more Longhorns and Aggies who live in Dallas probably than Sooners. So maybe that's why I'm just more exposed to it. No, but, it's it. They hate each other. But everybody like, that I know that is a is an Aggie or a Longhorn spends a lot of time talking about how much they hate the other. And I, I don't hear Oklahoma come up all that much. No, Oklahoma is is a more res- there's more respect in the rivalry, and and it's, don't forget don't forget like Ross Bjork's response the day this leaked out. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Like this is this is a pretty big deal. A and M folks, this is not the thing they ever wanted to happen. Texas now I do think like, the dynamics have changed considerably. Like the last time Texas was in a conference with Texas A and M, Bigfoot Texas A and M, not now. Like Texas is going to come in and realize, oh crap. Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, like Georgia. They they're not scared of us. They don't give a crap what we think. <laughs> hey, I mean people forget. It's easy to forget, but um like pre-Johnny, yeah. AM was recruiting at a top 25 level. They weren't recruiting at a top 10 level. Yeah. You know, like they've the way that they've made up ground in that state over the past decade, um it's it's makes a huge difference now and so yeah people will like texas fans will still try to perpetuate the little brother stuff when they join the sec but that yeah that you're right the dynamic is totally different the the, the analogy is it it may be the little brother but it's the little brother when you came from home from college and he's had the growth spurt and started lifting weights like kick your butt little little brother's like (laughs) suck right now (laughs) this is a good this is a good question that just popped up in the in the comments here andy how long until Texas gets mad and leaves the SEC from Chris <laughs> Schubert? Um, I don't know. Where are they going to go? I guess they go to the Big Ten. I mean, they haven't even gotten there and we're already kicking them out. So, yeah. The, the, I mean, there are going to be those dynamics too. They're, that's that's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it is going to be a <laughs> lot of fun, guys. 2024 going to be here sooner than you think. We're going to be seeing schedules. All of this is now starting to feel very real. Texas and and Oklahoma are now going to be in the SEC in 2024. The deal is done. $100 million being left behind. 
We live in the most interesting times for college football. We certainly do. So if you're listening in podcast form, now enjoy the discussion about what might happen (laughs) in the Pac-12. Guys, the commissioner of a Power 5 conference was at a group of five basketball game on Wednesday night. George Klyavkov went to SMU. I feel like we're not making enough of this. <laughs> and the, and it leaked out. The word got out he was going to do it. And he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm still going to do it. Showed up in his NBA finals hat, reminiscent of Rob Lowe wearing the NFL hat at, mm-hmm. the, at the playoff game. Like, this is... This is something, guys, because it, I mean, something's going to happen soon, I think. Like, they don't start showing up on the campuses unless something's happening. Guys, I just think they're just trying to make me feel like I'm in the West Coast. Like, that's the whole Dude. thing, right? Like, Dallas is the Pacific West, right? <laughs> yeah, did you? I mean, they're coming to your neighborhood here, Ari. Did, did you take them out to dinner last night? Or yeah, something? I, I should have. They were, I, I know Chris Vanini was at the basketball game. Uh, but With yeah, binoculars. We, we, yeah. uh good on him for for getting the best view but yeah like that uh you know i know that the people at smu have been dying to be in the power five i know sunny dykes was dying to be in the power five while um at smu and i do think that it is interesting because he is the person i thought of and you know i don't know if i want to start he's already in the power five but that's what i was going to say and i don't know if i want to start this podcast off with a flaming hot ari take go for it that's the best part well maybe it's not a it's not a take it's just a thought that if smu joins the pac-12 with usc and ucla departing the pac-12 but oregon staying would sunny dykes be at a higher profile place at smu or at tcu in the new big 12 without texas and oklahoma well, we probably need to back up and ask Andy, if SMU joins the Pac-12, who will still be in the Pac-12 when they join it? That is the greatest question <laughs> because, like, okay, so Max and I have, have been working on stuff over the last few days, trying to gather as much information as we can because, like, when it came out that George Klyavkov was visiting SMU, there was a lot of what does it all mean? And I, I, I do think it's important to to – talk about what it means because clearly they're moving down the road on this thing. You, you've got, you've got the visit to SMU. You've got reports of discussions with San Diego state. This sounds like they're about to make a move. Now, from what I'm told by the people in the TV world, when you're adding these two teams, it's not necessarily to strengthen your audience for a TV contract is to strengthen your level of inventory, your quantity, because we, we've heard multiple times that the next Pac-12 media rights deal will include a streaming component to it. Streaming requires quantity, and that matters more in the streaming environment than it does in the linear environment, because in the linear environment, there's only so many. And when I say linear, I mean like cable TV or you know we're what we traditionally know as TV even whether you get it you know, through Sling or, or through DirecTV or however you do it, they have limited spots. There are limited spaces. Here's the time slots. Here's the channels. If you're on Amazon Prime or Apple, Apple TV, there's unlimited time slots, unlimited channels. So this would be a quantity play. Now, here's the thing, Max, as you were kind of leading me into this. 
What does this mean for that deal? What does it mean for the existing Pac-12 schools? I get the sense, I don't know about you, Max, but I got the sense that the Pac-12 schools do not want to leave the Pac-12, that they they want to stay together. But also, if this deal is not good, and so far, they're not done with it yet, which is a, a red flag. Mm-hmm. At what point do they have to start thinking about it? Because the Big 12, I don't think they're done trying to say, hey, look, we got our deal. We're with ESPN and Fox. Do you want to do that or do you want to do this? Yeah, I, I think the timing of this is important to point out. And, and by the way, we we will have a story up Thursday on The Athletic updating all of the things going on here in realignment um, uh, that a lot of people contributed to. I So let's let's just remember here. So um, in the summer, Pac-12 said they're taking their media rights to market. Mm-hmm. There is an exclusive negotiating window uh, with their current partners. That got extended a bit because of the Big Ten deal needed to get done. So October 7 comes out that their exclusive window is closed and then they can take it to market and they can talk to Amazon and the streamers and all that stuff. <clears throat> but that's four months ago. Yeah. And at the end of October, the Big 12 closed its deal or, or agreed to its deal to extend with its current partners. I, I just feel like every day this Pac-12 TV deal is not done. It just stirs a little bit more um, concern and doubt among the, the remaining members right. about what is our financial future? Can we even get a sum that, I mean, they need to be, now that the Big 12 has set that number, right? They're they're mm-hmm. at about, they're, they're average is going to be about, 380. Yeah, it's about three. Uh, uh, Annual average is 380. Schools. Yeah. For, for 12, over 12. And schools. this is, this is just TV rights. Just TV, the, not full distribution. home games. Right. Right. Not, not playoff money, not CFP, not NCAA tournament revenue, not bowl revenue. So, when you add all that in, you're talking, you know, high forties, maybe low closer 50s to fifty potentially. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So that that the Big Twelve didn't not just jump them in line, but also like set a bar of like now now some people might feel like that deal was, you know, the modest in terms of just extending and 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 kind of punting down to thirty thirty one, but they set a bar of here's how much money we're going to be getting, and the Pac twelve mm-hmm. is trying to figure out some way to reach that number, to, to be yeah. similar into it. And so to be four months into this um, negotiating time and either not be at that number or getting this feedback that you need to go out and add more schools so that we can pay you more money. Like I, I yeah, I think it, it, it definitely uh, gives some fuel to Brett Yormark to continue to kind of uh, <laughs> embrace the chaos there and, and convince them that, Hey, maybe in the summer you didn't love the idea of coming to the big 12, but Look at your current situation. It's not getting better. Well, my, my assumption was that ESPN was going to do a deal with the Pac-12 because ESPN needs content at 1030 at night on a Saturday. It needs games. And nobody else has those games other than the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Now, if I'm the Mountain West, this is where I go, ESPN, let's sign up a deal. And, and right now, even if it's for you to put us on ESPN too. Because if the Pac-12 goes with a couple of streamers and doesn't go with ESPN, like Mountain West may jump up to ESPN on that one. But if I'm the Big 12, here's what I'm saying to, let's say, the four corner schools. So that's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. I'm saying, listen, you come with us. We suddenly fill that need for ESPN. By the way, it's already a partner. So they're going to give us extra money. So that'll cover you guys. 
Yeah. Like, it's, 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 I mean, this has been the end game for the, for the Big 12 since, um, since July, really, since Brett Yormark stepped in as the new commissioner. And so, um, now obviously there's a ton of value in, in, um, Oregon and Washington. And Mm -hmm. they're in kind of this unique position where it's like, okay, can you get a deal at the Pac 12 where there's unequal revenue sharing? Can yeah. you, whoever the new Big Ten commissioner is, do they want you? Like, I think if you're the at those schools, um, it's hard to predict really how these next few months are going to play out. Well, I think Kevin Warren leaving the Big Ten for the Bears, though, puts a wrench in, is the Big Ten a possibility? Yeah. Because you have to make a decision soon. Like, they're not up against a, a hard and fast deadline for that Pac-12 meter rights deal right now. Like the big tw- the Big Ten got agreed to in principle, I want to say June of this year for a deal that's or June of last year for a deal that starts in July of this year. That's that's about as late as you can go. Mm-hmm. So we're not there yet, but they're getting there. And Kevin Warren was still pushing for further expansion west. I don't know that he was getting a lot of traction among the he big was Ten dropping presidents. hints. I'm not sure everybody agreed with him within his own yeah. conference. Yeah, because I think if if they'd have wanted it, if the Big Ten presidents would, had been down with that, they would have done it, and they didn't do it. So if you're Oregon and Washington, you're sitting in a weird position right now where you are clearly the, the best value the Pac-12 has, but do you want what that conference is going to be and what it's going to be able to make? And and I don't I don't know the answer to that, but there's another wrinkle to this and Ari, you and I talked about this, and Max, you and I have talked about this too. The way the college football playoff has changed now that the 12-team format has been approved, like if you're Oregon and Washington, would you want to be in a different league or would you want to be in this league where you can probably win it a lot of years and be in the playoff and maybe make that money up on the back end through donors and, and people just being excited that you are winning and going to the playoff a lot? Well, and I think like if you're at if you're at San Diego State or you're at SMU, like if you turn down Pac-12, you probably get fired from your job, right? Like you you definitely need to mm-hmm. you definitely need to take that. It's a big deal to everybody to yeah. be perceived as Power Five. But like I'm I'm curious how you see this, Ari. Like I I kind of wonder with these programs if you come into the Pac-12, let's say the Pac-12 sticks together, and it's um you know it's that 12 team league. Are you, you're coming in at like the bottom of that league, right? Like I mean, it, it, do you view that? As a better opportunity than now that there's finally access, maybe you could maybe you stay where you are and, and have an opportunity to get into that twelve team playoff. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the, there's a big like, money difference. I'm not trying to say the money is yeah, like, yeah. not like consequential that, here, but I was gonna say is do people who are making these decisions about what comfort there's gonna be in and you know, you know, officials of schools care about making the playoff more than they care about making their their bag? Because like I think that being in that position in the Pac-12 would be more lucrative, obviously, right? Right. Yeah, the bag in always theory. wins. That's so no the doubt. bag does win. But, but the but, thing that I that I but think here's the most- thing: if it's if it's if it's like we're talking about you know TV rights distribution money, I would say if the difference is five million dollars a year or less between conferences, if you are one of the schools that that hopes to win a win a conference, then you stay where you are if it's easier. To well, win the especially the thing about if, it too is that like in now as the playoff is expanding and conferences are changing, like I think it's interesting that places like SMU and, and TCU, uh, you know, 
are concerned, not TCU, but SMU and, and Sonny Dykes when he went to TCU was concerned about this notion of power five. And like that is kind of going away. Yeah. So like, I wonder, like, if you like, I agree with that, Andy. It's like, if the money isn't substantial enough for it to really, you know, change things, I wouldn't chase perception in a time when perception is changing dramatically, because I don't know how we're going to view the Pac-12 in five years, depending on how things shake out. We don't know how we're going to view the Big 12. So well, I, I think the money is so different between the American and the Pac-12, even but, but even Andy, what the Pac-12 might get. As you, you know, you though, make from, that jump. as you know, from people you've talked to, though. One of the things that's potentially on the table here is SMU or San Diego State or both of them saying we will take a very small bag for the next yes. few years if you let us in this club. So that's like that is kind of worth like how mm-hmm. how much are you willing to sell out for that opportunity? You know, I yeah. And that's what I would do if I were them. It's it's because it doesn't change much for you currently, but could make it a lot better in the future. If you're but SMU or, that, that's or San Diego State, you go. I'm talking about if you are. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington. I think the math changes on 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 what you do because of the 12-team playoff. The thing that I was going to say is because the Power Five is such an interesting distinction or a distinction that matters to, to teams that were formerly in the group of five, you know, my thought process always was you want to be in those bigger leagues because you want to get more money that you can reinvest into the program and make it a more successful and bigger entity. So the idea of taking a smaller bag, at least at the beginning, is interesting to get in, you know, if it's a long term play and hoping that you kind of line your pockets down the line. But the whole point of going to a bigger school or a bigger conference is to make your school a more more thoroughly invested uh institution that's propped up to win at a higher level when you're playing against the teams that you're joining. Um, so the money it would will be right and it, it could be right. And I do kind of think the idea is fascinating of take less money up front just to get a seat at the table and then hope more food gets passed down. I mean, R- your Rutgers side of the table Maryland did that and it yeah, worked and it worked <laughs> out well for them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing. I just think it's an interesting situation because perception is changing. Power five is going away. Um, we don't know what's going to happen after SMU joins the Pac-12. We don't know how much smaller the bag is going to be when they get there, how long it's going to take to be made whole, and and what their viewership market and all the things are going to you know that that pertains to is going to respond to being in that conference five, six, seven years down the line. Because I do think that you know with conference expansion, and obviously this is being thought quite a bit with all the television revenue uh, that's at stake. But what is the sport going to look like in 10 years, I think, is a really fascinating discussion as it pertains to what we're discussing today. Yeah, because I think that the notion of like the notion of power five is a product of the 14 playoff, just as the notion of a BCS conference was a product of the BCS. Mm -hmm. And so those were in the BCS era, there were six and then the Big East falls off and you have the power five now. And we've talked about the whole idea of the power two and all that, but I do think the the way the playoff is structured, you can have six or seven leagues that that go in every season feeling like they have a legit chance to put teams in the playoff. Uh, the the and the power five ones, just based on what we've seen through the years, they're going to put somebody in every year. We'll be right back after these words. Uh, Stephen Larkin in the chat asked a really interesting question. Do you guys really think the Big Ten and the SEC are permanently done expanding? In the future, I see a Fox Super Conference and an ESPN Super Conference, so they'll eventually come for Washington and Oregon. So I do think once the Big Ten and SEC's current deals run out, 
that they will be looking, but that will also be much closer to the ACC's grant of rights expiring. And though that's where those schools come into play as well. So I don't know that the Big Ten with no leader right now is looking to add more and, and Oregon and Washington are going to have to make a decision here in the next two or three months. So I don't know that they, that you, if you're them, that you wait on them. But when that grant of rights does expire, we're going to get a, another full round of this, right? Oh, 100%. Like, it's like well, there's no yeah. way that that's not going to happen. Well, and it's like these leagues are figuring out, um, and the Big Ten's an example of it, Big 12 too, the, these leagues are figuring out, okay, well, we should be doing shorter deals mm-hmm. so that we can – you know, have a chance to make more money um, sooner, right? And so, it, the 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 smaller we make these, you know, grant of rights and these these uh, deals together, um, we're just going to keep having more rounds of this. Yeah, and I think what what's also interesting, another reason to do this short deal is you don't know how technology is going to change or what the dominant distribution method is going to be because at some point we're in. There's a great story in the Athletic by our, our sports business writers. It came out in late January. It's about how we're kind of in no man's land now because you've got linear TV still exists. The cable bundle still exists. There's Those entities are still paying hefty rights fees for stuff. And that's still how most people get their stuff. Streaming, we, we know will be the dominant form of distribution in the future. And you got streamers paying to get rights. But at the moment, we have to pay for the bundle. We, the consumer, have to pay for the bundle. And we have to pay for the streamers if we want to see everything. That's a bad spot for us to be in as the consumer. So at what point does the consumer go, okay, the bundle's dead. I'm not going to pay for that anymore. I want this. Give it to me on streaming and bundle the streamers so that I can buy it with one, one purchase. I am that, that, right, clearly that was just way too smart for both of us, and we're just no, no. Just I think what you're, you're saying bundle the streamers like you pay one monthly fee, and then you get Hulu and Amazon and mm-hmm. all those yep. in one thing. Because it's like I was thinking about how much money I spend every month mm-hmm. watching sports and watching shows. Yep, I must be subscribed to every single thing that there is. Because like I am the person who's like, oh, I want to watch that show. Like I don't care how much it costs. Like yeah. I, I buy it, and then it's just like I'm paying $160 a month probably on streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- yeah. Stephen Larkin asked in the chat, is that basically isn't that basically reinventing cable? It, exactly. It's reinventing cable, but the difference is you're not paying for the equipment. The the underground cable or the satellite dish was a significant part of your bill before, and now it's not necessary. Now it's the underground fiber optic wire that brings you the internet. So to us, the consumer, nothing changes but the interface. But right now, we now are writing more checks. Everybody, I'm, I'm with you, Ari. I was looking at the other night. I'm like, I'm like, how many different things? And I am I subscribed to because I was I was watching 1923 on Paramount Plus. Yeah, um, that, <laughs> I watched Your po- Honor on Showtime. I'm yeah, paying that, for Showtime yeah, now. That, that Poker Face show just came out on Peacock. Peacock, yeah, which is really good, good show. And I realized, shoot, I'm paying for Peacock too, guys. They're like, they're bringing back Party Down on Stars. I'm going to sign up for that. No, I'm not Love signing up show. for Stars. Go sell it to another stream. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I like, mean, I'm at the point now where it's like I don't care where things are released. I am already subscribed. <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah, that's it. Like I'm there. So, uh, yeah. and it's like 
two cable. I don't remember how much my cable bill was, but I have YouTube TV. Um, don't worry, during, Sling's not the title sponsor anymore. You can say that. No, I was just going to say, but that. but I cancel it during uh, non football non football season. That's mm. that's the other piece, like Direct TV or or Dish. I believe back in the day when you had the actual Dish, you know, satellite Dish on your house, sometimes you were you were signing like a two three year contract, and cable you could go it was like a cell phone. Yeah, cable you could go month to month, but it was much more difficult to just turn it off and turn it back on. Like somebody had to come to your house. Yeah, like now uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work that way. I've been watching um, uh, Shrinking on Apple, which is great. But it was that's Apple's one of those where it's like I don't remember re-upping this. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah, just kinda, they I get you. Kinda, I think you get it uh, when you get an iPhone. I think they give it to you for like a few months, mm-hmm. and then like I get like emails all the time. Here's your receipt from Apple. I don't even open it anymore. Like I don't even know what it is. That's why Apple's the best company in the world because they can just like, am I paying ninety nine cents for the cloud? I don't even know I use the cloud. <laughs> and they're just extracting money <laughs> they from just you every month. Extract eight dollars a month but out that, of my bank that account. Is, so when the Big Ten deal expires in twenty thirty, distribution may look completely different because ten years ago people were like, oh, I can't possibly do streaming. The the delays too long and the buffering's too bad. Well, I've been fully streaming. I, we had a, a satellite dish up until 2020, no, 2019. And I've been fully wow. streaming since then. And as long as your router's in good shape, now my router died a couple weeks ago and that was a bad weekend. But as long as your router's in good shape, like you're good to go. If you've got I a, hate a the delay. I hate it. I've gotten used to it. You know, you get used to it. You get used to it. The delay's gotten shorter and shorter for me. Like, I'm, I I I started out like two minutes behind and I'm like 10 seconds behind. It's terrible for two things live betting and also uh, following along on Twitter. So, like, I'm like a kind of person who likes, like, when there's a sporting event on and everybody's watching it, like the other night when LeBron broke the record for, Mm -hmm. you know, all time points, points. Like, I, Everybody's like, oh my God, he did it. Like this, this is what a, a fadeaway. It's like, ah, oh, and I didn't, and then like, it was like 30 seconds before I got to see it. And like, I guess the moral of the story is put your phone down, dude, until the commercial. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like I'm always behind everybody. That's just you. <laughs> I want to be up to speed. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it, I think for a lot of people, that is the reason they continue to subscribe to cable. And you know, the, the streamers have to figure out how to fix that. They, they have to figure out how to how to make it work. And I think as technology improves, that'll happen. But you know, as for what it means for the conferences, I do think when the Big Ten deal runs out, when the next SEC deal runs out, they'll have some decisions to make. Because at that point, do you do your own streaming service? Do you sell it like the NFL? Now, the NFL on Sunday Ticket, I, big news yesterday was that a judge certified the the classes for a class action suit. Basically, everybody who had Sunday ticket can now sue the NFL. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how all that well, shakes I thought, out. I thought that when Amazon Prime got the NFL game, that it would just be annoying and a disaster to get to. Mm-hmm. And then I just found out it was just as easy as opening up the other apps. The problem is you can't change channels during the game, and that's weird. Yeah. That, also, like I, I, there were some times I went to sports bars and they just like had no idea how to how to get the yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the alternative streams that you can watch, yeah. and I, I think it's fun the way the, the things you can do with that level of bandwidth. But I don't know that the the world is quite ready for it. But I think it's going to be ready sooner than everybody thinks for that to be the mainstream consumption 
Method. Andy, does this does this like seemingly like it, it seems at this point in time, this might be wrong, but it seems like percep- perception wise, it seems like the Pac-12 TV talks aren't going great or aren't going as well as they would have dreamed. Right. Does that give you skepticism about um, like this this fantasy that people had that that these streamers would come in and, and drop um, really huge mind blowing sums? I was yeah. I was guilty of that early too, and then I had some folks who work in the TV world disabuse me of that notion because I just figured the the premium they'd have to pay to get in because everybody wants linear. They were just going to have to pay more, like they were going to have to overpay. But they have not been willing to overpay. And that, I think, is is the biggest difference. And like ESPN, it I doesn't sound like ESPN is out of it with the Pac-12. But it sounds like ESPN is going to pay what ESPN wants to pay. And you know, for ESPN, what do you want from the Pac-12? Here's what you want. You want one 10.30 p.m. kickoff a week. So that's, that's like 13 games. And then you want three, four, five of your best that you run at 3.30 Eastern or 8 p.m. Eastern. And that's what you want. And then everything else would go to the streamer. But the streamer is going to want some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. So how do you split that up? It's a it's and, a really tricky needle to thread. Which we, is where you get into the question of, from the network side, do you just want to consolidate this mm-hmm. and pick, pick basically pick a side and mm-hmm. say, hey, we think... Actually, these schools should go over to this conference. They need some games to show you at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday nights and probably a few at 10 or 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights. Those games need to originate in the Mountain or Pacific time zone or in Ari's weirdo home state that does not believe in daylight savings time and shows they the wrong side. They don't believe in the science, yeah. Yeah, well, it shows the wrong side on daylight savings time. Like, we all should get rid of the time change, but we should stick on the daylight savings time side of it. So I don't Arizona gets it, gets it doubly wrong. <laughs> Did you but, get that, Max? <laughs> but at any but at any rate, part of the year Arizona is in the Pacific time zone for for our purposes. They're they're all. I do they, find it weird that I don't know what time it is whenever I call my parents. Yeah, yeah. As they will say, they're always on Mountain Standard Time. That is that is their time zone. So that's what ESPN needs. So if you are Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, as Max pointed out, you would sell to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. You could be those games. And BYU can be those games. And ESPN already works with us. We already have a deal with them. And Gonzaga can start a football program. That's not that hard. (laughs) <laughs> how about that <laughs> no, keep yeah going. and they but they could bring Gonzaga in as a basketball member and have an incredible basketball league because it's already pretty damn good but that would that's a selling point now as we pointed out earlier and I cannot stress this enough I do not get the sense that anybody who's currently in the Pac-12 would like to leave the Pac-12 like it would have to be a really bad situation for that to happen but are they getting to that level of situation? Yeah, that, and that's the I, I, logically like as soon as they, and, and this was a, a smart move on um, George Klyevkov's part to say we're gonna get this get this thing started, and that will hold people in the boat, and that will buy time too to just say all right, we're gonna go through this process. Doesn't make sense for you to bail until we get a number here at the end of this, 
and I show you we're going to be okay together. Yeah. But I don't know. It, like, I, I, it also sounds like he sold them a lot bigger numbers on the front end. And that's the getting. danger. If you overpromise, we're going to, if you overpromise, here's what I think we're going to get because I'm going to go partner up with these streamers. And then that's stuff's not coming together. Um, then, then you've got a problem where, yeah, this might not be anybody's preferred outcome to, to split up, but man, you got to deliver something now. <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. deliver it pretty quickly. Yeah. I think. And I think the, the the scars there with the Pac-12 particularly is they were overpromised and underdelivered by the last administration too, and I think that's a that's a tough thing for them to swallow, even though they do want to be together. So, like, but here's the thing: I think if they get close to what the Big Twelve gets, close, then it's enough. Mm-hmm. That that if especially like if you're Oregon, you're Washington, you're looking at okay, we can win this league, we can go to the playoff every year. The, the league gets more difficult if you go somewhere else. It does. But this is where I was. And this this might be a cop out. But like this is where I, I look at the stuff and I still come back to like. Ultimately, this is going to play out the way that ESPN and Fox want it to play out. Yeah. You know? or, yeah. Now, Fox. And maybe is that seems that this, might sound cynical. I'm not saying yeah. Klyevkov has no role but like they're ultimately they are once again in this situation well they're the ones like driving they're the, the bus because they're the ones who are holding the bag yeah yeah well Fo- fox at this point it sounds like they they've got what they want of the big 12 i don't think i don't know if they want anymore like it may be all on espn if they want to kick in more but the thing is if you're kicking in more for four additional schools you can make that work like that and and it and it, and it makes it a lower price than you buying an entire league or close. And yeah. I I don't think they care how they spend it. I think they plan to spend a certain amount of money and that's what they're going to spend. And they don't care how it gets divvied up. But it's very important obviously to these leagues how it gets divvied up. Sure. What a what a world. I you know, I I go back to the the innocent days before July of 2021, before the the Texas Oklahoma move, when we're like, well, it's going to be a while before there's any more realignment. This may never end. <laughs> so realignment never ends. Yeah, never ends. I I remember, um, like, you remember um, the, there was the Big Twelve Media Days that right that preceded that big move, mm-hmm. and Bob Bullsby said like, I'm not losing sleep over it. Like, there's we're fine. <laughs> I remember at that media days, I was busy talking to players about NIL because that had just started. And I was like, that yeah. seems like a pretty big story, you know? And then, you know, two weeks later, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, it's, that's it's funny. crazy. But yes, that, I mean, I appreciate it as someone who, who does podcasts through the offseason, like to give us something to talk about. I mean, the commissioner of a Power Five conference was was on a site visit Wednesday, like, that's big news. I wonder if he got himself a fresh Shug's bagel this morning. Might have. Might have. Did he did they go to Twisted Root or uh or any of those those other Dallas institutions? Twisted Root's fine. I would Yeah, I yeah, it was okay. I like I, Twisted Root. Come uh, on, guys. That, you guys are I can really harsh. go for a bagel right now. They one at the airport too. He could just sit that one. I know, but you know, the the one in, the one by SMU is really nice. It's a good environment, good place to watch games. Although he already watched the game. So like what order of operations for, for you, Andy, like, do you think, do you think that they, that I think the question now based off the site visit is, do they expand first or do they get a deal first? I, 
I think one is tied to the other. If if there's a streaming, there's going to be a streaming component to this deal. It sounds like. So if you're in business with a streamer, you've got to you've got to get more quantity. So whether they officially expand first and then make the deal, or they make the deal with the promise to the the people they're making the deal with that they're going to expand, it's going to happen. But the the question is, are the other schools, the legacy schools, in? Because until we know they're in, there's no deal. That's that's the issue right now. So if you're Brett Yormark, you are hammering away on that until they tell you, no, we're making the deal with the Pac-12, we're done here. And until until we see that, there's the, all this stuff is fair game. I don't like a lot of times with the realignment stuff, we're very recklessly speculating. I don't think we're doing that right now. I think all of this feels very much on the table. Well, one thing I probably didn't appreciate enough back on Halloween when the Big 12 got that deal done um, is like, do you like, I, I kind of wonder, do you guys think like, would the Pac 12 be trying to poach the Big 12 right now if the Big 12 had just said, no deal, we'll wait and go to go to market in 24? I think it's something they'd be talking about. I don't. I, it depends on if they actually wanted to. Uh, yeah, but at least that that would be another option on the yeah. table at this point. And that's what it sounds like. What happened with that is the Big Twelve came with a much more realistic view of what it is and said, "Here's what we're willing to do." And ESPN and Fox are like, "That sounds very reasonable. Let's do that." The Pac-12 came with a much more inflated version. And they're like, no, no, we'll talk to you again when you're actually serious about this. Like when you when you have a, a, a more real view of what you are, bring some numbers to us and we'll talk. The problem is it, it became very much like the situation where you've got one linebacker spot and you offer two linebackers. And the first guy who takes the deal gets the, the scholarship. Big 12 got scholarship. Well, we, we talked a lot about, oh, the Oklahoma and Texas represented 50% of the value of the Big 12 or whatever. But like, okay. that's kind of the, the thing we're kind of leaving unsaid here is like, what what did USC and UCLA represent in terms of the value of the Pac-12? Exactly. State? Exactly. And, and we're going to find out. Now, I don't want to leave everybody on a cliffhanger, but the fact of the matter is we don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. And again, I think the Pac-12, based on people we've talked to, they want to stay together. I think they'll do everything they can to stay together. But until I see a deal, I'm not closing the door on anything. So get ready for a spring of wild and rampant speculation until I can get that thing done. And as a podcaster, I say thank you. Thank you, Pac-12. Thank you, ESPN. Thank you, whatever streamers are involved with this thing. I'm assuming Amazon and Apple. Because we're going to have some great shows. We'll talk to you later. The NFL is unmatched. Elite athleticism. Weekly drama. Millions watching every game day. Billions of dollars in revenue. But among all that attention, money, and success, the league has a critical flaw. In my experience, the NFL does have a a race problem. But more than that, the owners have a race problem. The people who make the hiring decisions, I don't think that they are going to look at two candidates and think the black candidate is clearly superior. What you don't realize is that as you're going through all of that, the stress it puts you on, it's like somebody beating you down. 
every day. The thing is, it has to be player money. We call it the NFL, but I, the 32 owners, like, we can't sit here and say, like, this is important to all 32 of those guys. Football teams hated it. You know, issues like the national anthem, kneeling for the national anthem, issues like players speaking out in protest. Watching Roger Goodell, like, get on TV and, you know, try to sound like... <laughs> He with it. We know it. there's a definite limit on this allyship, right? I wasn't a big fan of the NFL because of what I had to go through and the way it was. I looked up on it. And I just felt like I was fed up with the NFL. I'm Tashawn Reed, the host of a new podcast series from The Athletic called Between the Lines. The series details how America's biggest game has grappled with America's biggest issue. From the players who weigh the risks of being socially active in the wake of Colin Kaepernick, to coaches and executives vying for equal opportunities, to a league and owners who have failed to support and promote diversity. The series includes exclusive interviews from LaDainian Tomlinson, Doug Williams, Jason Wright, and several more players, coaches, and front office executives across the game. Look for Between the Lines, starting on February 14th on The Athletic Football Show, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.